I love it when you try things for the first time. So today was my first ever podcast. Yes, I know this is episode 82, but this is my first podcast that I actually recorded as a podcast rather than doing it as a LinkedIn Live. I did it live on YouTube so that people could interact and get involved and we had a video but this was purely all about the podcast and about the guest and about helping people with growing their business using LinkedIn and some other tips as well. I had a lovely chat with my guest today, uh, Jeff Brown. He knows so much about branding and business and LinkedIn. So tune in, listen in and find out some great tips on LinkedIn. Oh my goodness, we are live. This is my first ever podcast and what an epic guest I've got today. Hello, Jeff. How are you? I'm fine. And thanks for having me on, actually. No, no, it's absolutely brilliant. I say first podcast. I've been doing lives on LinkedIn for the last two years, Jeff, and I've done over 200 episodes. And then I launched a podcast at the beginning of the year, just repurposing. But this is the very first one I've specifically recorded just for the podcast. And the reason we're doing it on YouTube is we can talk anything about LinkedIn. So I'm going to be asking you loads and loads of questions today about LinkedIn because you're a bit of a LinkedIn superstar. But first of all, let everybody know who you are, where you are, what you do. So I'm Jeff Brown. I used to be a photographer, like a professional photographer. I was a military photographer to start off with and had my own photography businesses, five successful photography businesses. Had a change of direction in 2015 after a failed pub venture and then became a photography mentor. Uh, I work with photographers in about 25 countries around the world. I've published three books. Uh, I'm president of the British Institute of Professional Photography, and I'm also an ambassador for OM System, which is uh, Olympus Cameras. And uh, yeah, I love what I do, helping photographers make a profitable, successful business. Wow, that's amazing. That, that That's an awful lot to unpack there, Jeff. Um, so military photographer. Did, so you joined up uh, to be in the military to... To, to be a photographer or, or is that something you fell into? I actually went to join as a chef because that was one of my other passions was cooking. Oh, and uh, yeah. in the Navy, you can't join as a photographer. It's what you call a sidewards entry branch. So I joined as a uh, an aircraft engineer. I wasn't a very good aircraft engineer at all. And um, spent a bit of time being an aircraft engineer. And then after you've served and you've gone through basic training, you can apply to sidewards entry into uh, the photography branch and then I went into the photography branch and then from there I became uh, an image analyst for the last two years and worked with the intelligence services uh, analyzing imagery. Wow oh that is really cool and 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 here I was thinking all photographers do is take photos at weddings <laughs> so that that's incredible so what was an analyst do what, what were you doing then? Um, so we were um, basically giving um, information back on images that were taken so those could be taken from different sources so they could be taken from uh recce aircraft footage from drones from satellite from agents on the ground and giving feedback to the various services and then liaising with likes of mi6 and gchq who would have uh, transcriptions and they would they would do the listening and we would do the seeing side of things and the reason they, they had um, photographers as trained image analysts is they thought we had better attention to detail and we could analyze images better and see stuff that people with the untrained eye couldn't see. Wow. 
that is super niche. And so you came out of of of, of, the, of the navy, and then you set up your own photography business, and um, then you, you 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 said you had a failed pub business, um, mm -hmm. and and then you're now mentoring people with their photography businesses. So is that going to be somebody like me fancy taking up a photography business? Where 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 would where would you start? So I work with two real types. I work with photographers who already have an established business, but they're not getting into where they want to be. Or I work with people who are keen on taking photographs, absolutely hate their day job, get no passion out of it, and want to take that to the next level and get onto the business side of things. And when I was a, a military photographer, obviously the military uh, training is quite intense. So we did uh, 26 weeks, 28 exams. So you do like sort of degree equivalent in half a year. Um, and it is very, very intense. And then you're out, funny, two weeks out of passing out of training as a mil professional military photographer, you go off and work with a, an already experienced photographer. He shows you the ropes. You go back each day, show your boss the pictures that you've taken. And um, after two weeks, the boss says, right, he says, Jeff, he says, I think he works good enough. Um, he says, so I'd like you to go home early on Thursday um, enjoy the weekend and come back Sunday morning because I've got a, your first assignment for you on your own. And he says, you're going to be Prince Philip's photographer for the Remembrance Day Parade at Spean Bridge in, in, in Scotland. So, And that's where I made my first ever mistake as a photographer in the military and forgot to put film in my camera. No! Serious, yeah. Yes, I never made that mistake again. But luckily, luckily... I also had a digital camera as well. So we're shooting digital and film. And we also had probably about 50% of the images backed up on digital as well. Um, it was only when I'd taken about 50 pictures, I thought, hang on a minute. A roll's normally 36. Oh my God, I'm filming, yeah. So yeah, so I never made that mistake again. So. Oh my goodness. Oh, it's a question for you. Do, do people use film anymore? It's becoming quite a retro thing, uh, especially amongst uh, weddings now, you know, so you can have um, um, an additional thing to your wedding service to have like film photography because it has that different look. It's got that. So it's a, it's a bit like, you know, my, my daughter was 16 last week and you know what she wanted for her 16th birthday? Uh, a real camera. A cassette recorder. A cassette recorder. A boom box. And so she got this boom box and with 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 tapes. And I'm like, oh my God. I said I used to have like C90 mix-up tapes with all these. Yeah, things. yeah, yeah, yeah. On on a Sunday, on a Sunday evening, listening to Radio One, yeah, clicking, yeah. clicking down the two buttons, record and play. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And, and, and telling your little brother to be quiet because this this is a song and I want to keep. <laughs> Don't come in the room, I'm recording. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Isn't that amazing? That is that's funny. We've moved on. All you need to do is say, Alexa, play me this song and you can have it. That's right. That's right. So, so you're, so, so I'm running, I'm running my photography business and I'm making a little bit of money, but not as much as I was making when I was, I don't know, working in the bank or um, working in the cafe or whatever it was I was doing. You'll come in, you'll kick my butt. You'll show me some things. You'll help me here. You'll help me there. And, 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 you know, within, Within three days, I'll be making millions. How, how does it work? So the, what I do is I, I, I educate photographers on marketing and branding. And most photographers think that when they put an image out there, that's all they need to do. Take really, really good pictures and 
pictures them will sell themselves. But what most photo photographers forget is, and this does with any business really, is um, that our clients look at our brand and our brand message before they look at our products. And that is the way everything's been marketed for, you know, as, as consumerism has evolved. And so it's not, it's not your logo. It's the fonts, the colors, the feel, the message that you're trying to put out there and also ultimately what your what your photographs do so if you're a food photographer you don't take pretty pictures of food you make people really hungry you put bums on seats in restaurants you fill the till you you create crazy engagement on their social media if you're a headshot photographer or you do branding photographs for business owners you don't take nice pictures of them or portraiture what you do is you help them create the perfect first impression you help them look confident, trustworthy, honest, and approachable. You help them stand out in the in the in the news feed and stop the scroll. So you sell the benefits that the image does. Now, yes, that will come from your photography, but what you've got to remember is your client is a consumer. So consumers, over the years of consumerism, we've been led to notice certain fonts, certain colors, certain messages from different brands. And it's, it's what's called perceived value. So we will look at something straight away and put a perceived value on it based on its external factors. Uh, and in the, in the hospitality trade, you know, I said I had, a, I had a food pub. This is what you call curbside appeal. So you could be walking along a street with your partner and you see a restaurant, you go, oh, that looks nice. You haven't actually been in yet, but you've looked at the restaurant from the outside. The signage looks nice. It's got the twinkly lights. You get up close to it, you're looking at the menu. The menu is very descriptive. It says, you know, um, uh, beer, batter, cotton, chunky chips with the chef's homemade mushy peas, you know. So it's very descriptive. It, and, and then you say, oh, that sounds nice. So it's the, the visual and then the sound, which is the wording, which creates the desire for you to walk in the door and pay 30 quid for fish and chips when you could have gone to Weatherspoon's next door and paid five quid. Right? But you have a higher perceived value in that. And that's what I try to educate photographers in. And funny enough, um, one of the most profitable lines in supermarkets is their sort of test the difference range. And if you Google this, it's really interesting that 80% of the additional spend in the test the difference range is actually the packaging. And if you look at all these tests, the difference ranges and the best of ranges, they use similar fonts and they use similar colors. You know, and you'll see purples and golds and platinums and blacks because those colors are associated with that um, premium feel. Purples are like a royal color as well. So what they're trying to do is they, they'll take like a standard cheesecake, which might be vanilla cheesecake, and put it in a fancy box, make it a bit bigger, put some chocolate swirls on the top. And then they'll call it the Madagascan luxury deep filled cheesecake. And then you look at it and go, well, that looks nice because it's got the sprinkly things on the top. And then you go, well, that sounds nice. When it's actually, it's just a standard cheesecake made a bit bigger. And yeah, it's like a bit, a bit, a bit like the Porsche Turbo is just a normal Porsche with a big wing on the back. The mm -hmm. Any car aficionados out there, I do know that that's not true, but <laughs> but, but it, it, it is it is you know, and, and, I, and I guess the word turbo again is is clever marketing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, that interesting, interesting. So so you basically put go faster stripes on uh, a photographer's business. Yeah, so we, we, we what we do is with with 
with photographers is we align, we sell what their client wants. And with photography, there's two different types of sales. There's a solution-based sale or an emotional-based sale. Most photography falls into one of those two. So if you're if you're a wedding photographer, a boudoir photographer, a pet photographer, a family photographer, you are selling the emotion created by the photography. If you're a headshot photographer, a car photographer, a food photographer, a branding photographer, you are selling a solution to a need. So that company or that person is hiring a photographer because they have a problem that needs solving with images. And usually the that problem is is to do with visibility and brand or to do with financial outcome. They want to sell more products or they want to minimize returns because your images look more aligned to the actual product. So there's not as many returns because the person who's buying online is getting real for something that looks the way it does in the in the photograph. No, amazing, amazing. So how long uh, so, so if I was a photographer and I started working with you, how long would I how long would it be before I start seeing um you know results and and you know more more leads coming in and stuff like that? Well, the first thing to do is build a brand. So you've got to build a brand and the, the brand, like I said, is the colors, the fonts, the feel and the message. So once the brand is built in and the pricing systems together, then that, that is what I call the foundations. And that works on any business, brand, desire and price. So brand is the, the communication, desire is the written word that goes into your brochures and your website. And then price is the actual pricing structure, which is all about perceived value. Then the next thing is getting that message out there. Now, obviously, as we're talking about LinkedIn, then you need to create a LinkedIn profile that is client facing. So it's all about it's not about you and it's not written in the third party like Ashley was a good this and you know did this. It's all about what you can do for the client. So you make a profile about the client and then you start creating content on a regular basis that tells the client the benefits of what you do, but also helps build you as a real authentic person and somebody who's likable and approachable because it comes down to, you know, people buy from people who they like and engage with. And if, and when it comes to LinkedIn, um, you know, we go on social media for social reasons. We don't go on social media to sell. Everybody complains, yeah, oh, Facebook's full of adverts. I'm getting fed up of it. If you look at a lot of LinkedIn ads, they don't have much engagement on because people don't, want to engage with an advert, but people will engage with people. And even if you try to sell something, don't try and sell, tell a story, create a story and talk about why that person had a, a benefit or a solution or a positive outcome from using your services. So tell it from the client's perspective, but don't be afraid to use LinkedIn to let people know who you are. And I always say the where you are on LinkedIn now is a result of what you've done for the past three or four months. So I, I had a call with a guy today who came on for a, you know, who came on for a sort of um, an advice call and wants to join the program. And he said, first thing he says, oh yeah, I've been watching you for about five or six months now, Jeff. Mm. You know, so if somebody sees one post from me and they're not going to go, oh, I need to, I need to utilize Jeff. They need to see me maybe 10, 15, 20 times. So even if I'm posting every single day, that might take them about six months because they're not going to see every single post I create. So I always I always put it down to if you have a really long hose pipe and you turn it on, it's going to take a while for that water to come out at the end. But then once you've been going and being consistent for about three or four months, you're going to have a steady flow. 
Yep. So as long yep. as I keep, because I've, yeah, I've got 60,000 followers, I've been doing this for about five or six years on LinkedIn, I get a regular supply of inquiries every single day. But just because I've got 60,000 followers, if I stop tomorrow and I don't post for two months, those 60,000 followers aren't totally loyal to me and somebody else starts talking, they'll go, oh, what's been said over there? And they'll just go and use that other person. So I always say visibility is credibility and credibility leads to authority. Oh, that's brilliant. So are you posting every day then, Jeff? Um, I, this week, I set myself a target for 10 posts this week. And I haven't posted yet. I'm going to post after after this uh, after this live. But normally, I would post about, I do four or five post ideas uh, per week. So I write them down on a Sunday night, right? Monday is going to be about this, Tuesday is going to be, And then I'll have a bit of a wild card for the weekend. Or if I go out for a walk, if I walk the dog and it's a really nice day, uh, I might take some pictures and tell a story about it. It's not all about, like I said, it's about some of my most engaging posts have been completely irrelevant to what I do as a business owner. I've had loads of engagement on pictures of cheesecake. I had a bit of engagement last week on a biscoffee ice cream that I shared. You know, and it's it's about letting people know that you're just a human, you know, you you be authentic, be yourself and get yourself out there. Yeah, that, that's the thing, isn't it? So so your your advice then is don't always talk about the photography, talk about other things that you're interested in, you know, mm -hmm. and, and again, bit, bit, bis, Biscoff cheesecake. Yeah, let's let's bring that on. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so what's your biggest post then? Or, or you know, what, what, what was done the best for you? As in reach-wise, um, yeah. I think, well, I did one earlier in the year, which was about um, being made president of the British Institute of Professional Photography. So that got a load of, I think it got like 500 interactions, 150, 200 comments. Also, another one I did about my my failure when I, I failed in the pub and I lost about 160,000 in total altogether. And uh, I tried to shoot my own life. Um, and I had to rebuild my entire life after that. So I put that out there as a, as a post and talking about the failure, but how that failure ultimately led to a new direction and and, a, and, and the happiest time I've ever had in business. Um, because people on LinkedIn love stories of positivity, achievement, um, sharing failures, which have ultimately turned out to, to success as well. Anything people can relate to, because remember, most of your audience are business owners or professional people on there. Yeah, and we're, and we're all we're all doing exactly the same thing. And and if yeah. we can see someone else is sort of like um, a phoenix from the ashes, sort of like yeah. wow. Well, if he can do that, then I can do this. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've 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 that's never happened to me, but it's similar. Yeah, and he's picked himself up from that really low area. Then that means I can go on and do that and 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 grow that way. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and um, the guy was saying just by sharing stuff it inspires others you never know who you're inspiring and and, and like you said that you know that, that guy that you talked to today you you inspired him six months ago when you wrote a post so he's been keeping an eye out for you yeah and, yeah. It, and it's and it's all that sort of thing and so when you're getting your clients to start using linkedin i'm guessing that when you turn around to them and say you need to use linkedin they're thinking hang on i don't want a job um is, is that the sort of thing that they say to you when you suggest they use linkedin yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of photographers don't understand LinkedIn. A lot of photographers are, are very scared to use LinkedIn because people have this um, this preconceived idea that you have to speak a certain way on 
on LinkedIn and they have to speak in professional speak and you've got to be really, really professional and business-like. I don't change my tone of voice between LinkedIn and Facebook. It's exactly the same. You know, I don't have any qualifications. I got kicked out of school. I was a bit of a, a naughty lad at school. And I got, you know, if I hadn't joined the military, I probably would end up in prison or my look. You know? So, but I am just myself on LinkedIn, the same as I am on Facebook. You know, I do have a professional um, sort of standards to keep to. You know, I would never put anybody down. I'd never slit anybody off. If anybody's negative to me, I'd just say, well, fine, that's your opinion. Wish you all the best, you know. Um, so when it comes to, to posting on LinkedIn, what a lot of people realize is the, you know, there's 950 million people or so on LinkedIn, but there's only about 30, 40 million optimized profiles, fully optimized profiles. But even those that are fully optimized means it's ticked all the boxes to have an all-star profile on LinkedIn, but it doesn't mean it's an all-star profile to your client, especially if you're just talking about yourself. So not only do you need to tick all the boxes, you need to be talking about your client and what you do for them, not talking about you. But then out of those 30 million people or 50 million people with optimized profiles, all the content that you see on LinkedIn is created by about one or 2% of the entire news feed. And the reason being is it's that fear. People are frightened to post on LinkedIn because they're unsure how they should post. And as they just tell stories, who, what, where, when, why, put an image up, tell a story. And if you want people to comment ask a question so i always i always finish every single post with a question but i also am quite clever about the headline that i use with every post so as photographers or as anybody on on social media you know our image will our images will stop people so that'll stop the scroll so they'll see the image oh what's that then the first thing they'll see is a headline with a see more and if you start your post with that headline and just start waffling on you know that that's not what you got to see is that those first words need to compel somebody to click the see more and open it up um so you can ask a question you can make a statement you can make like a what i call um a mystery headline mystery headlines work really well so um you could say you know when i walked in the room i couldn't believe what i saw then your line space down and then start telling the story because people go, oh, what did he say? You know, so create that. But don't use don't use clickbait where you're putting in a headline that isn't relevant to the story because people are just getting fed up with you. So the idea is draw people in, get a really attractive image, stop the news feed, create a headline that gets people going, oh, what's this about? Because you want them to click more. Tell them a story. And then right at the very end, ask them a question. So what do you think about it? What would you do this in this, in this situation? What is your favorite X, Y, Z? Have you ever experienced this before? And people will respond. And then when people respond, respond to those comments. Because the way the LinkedIn algorithm works is it works on what's called velocity, which is how people interact with your content and how people interact early on with your content. So if your content gets a lot of engagement and a lot of comments at the, at the very beginning, that, but like Facebook, that's going to push the algorithm up to promote it to more people um, because Ultimately, LinkedIn wants people to talk on the platform and wants to have discussions. Because if everybody just posted pictures and nobody had a, any discussions, it would be very, very weak. And relationships are built in the comments, not built yeah. through likes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this is, that's one of the key things uh, when I do my training is it's, it, I, I get people to write down this sentence. Commenting is currency. 
because if you if you're commenting mm -hmm. one of one of the questions today because i'm actually running a course this week one of the questions today was um is it more important to comment than it is to create uh content so uh, how would you have answered that question funny enough i would say it's it's it's, it's a two-way thing um, so if you think about LinkedIn, there's three ways you can grow your LinkedIn. The first thing is you need to actively keep growing your, your followers. And you can grow your followers by two ways, people following you because you're creating content, or you can actually start reaching out and connecting with people, sending people connection requests so that they connect with you. Because there's no point in creating content over and over again and then not expending your following. But then there's no point having a huge following and then not having anything to say. But then what you've got to think about is if you scroll through the newsfeed on LinkedIn and you've got, so you've got 100 followers, you will start to see within the newsfeed, Alan Smith, one of your followers made this comment on this person who is a second connection to you, um, it's post. So what LinkedIn is doing is it's highlighting other people's comments in the newsfeed. So if you want to... You know, if if I see one of your comments um, and then you've got a bigger network and then I comment, your network is going to see the comments that I'm making, you see. So it it's putting you out to, to more people. So the commenting can help you grow as well. So you can connect with people. You can create content where people will come and follow you and then start commenting. And commenting also on people who you'd like to work with you know so if you have some ideal clients that you'd love to get in with then instead of just inboxing them or sending them an email which might annoy them start commenting on their posts i have a, a few clients who that is how they run their business they have they have um a, you know they have like a mission they have a vision they have certain beliefs and they might work with certain people so i have a, a brand photographer who is very much into sustainability and, and you know, the um, green issues. So she looks for businesses that are into sustainability and green issues and then comments on their post from a person who understands sustainability and green issues herself. So she's commenting from a similar mindset and she's got so much work just from doing that, building relationships in the comments first before inboxing somebody to say, oh, you know, love to work together or, or something. So the comments are really, really essential. Uh, like like you say, it's a, it's a it's a way for people to start to know, like, and trust you, and and you know, people are seeing your voice. Um, if you're watching this live and you've got any questions for Jeff about LinkedIn or about photography, then please just uh, drop them in the in the comments, and we will see those, and uh, we're happy to answer those questions. Um, when I talk to people uh, about LinkedIn, I suggest that it's like a a, a huge networking event. You know, like, you, you know, when you go and have a coffee, you know, in, in a room full of people and, you know, or an event or um, maybe BNI or something like that. What are your thoughts on that? It's very much like a, a huge networking event, you know, understand? I mean, and then when you when you go to this huge networking event, when you put yourself out on LinkedIn on a, on a daily basis, you know, if you go to a networking event and you stand at the back of the room and you don't say anything, you're not going to get anything from that networking event. You're going to go back and go, I'm not going there again. It was crap. You know, so if you want, yeah, it's like anything, you know, what you put into it is will reflect what you get out of it. And um, another thing I think what you've also got to remember is in, in one of my books that I wrote, 
the Ambitious Photographer's Journal, which is like a goal setting, a goal setting book for photographers. I created this thing called Opportunity Wednesday. Um, and this is something I, I do every week myself religiously. And I say, and this is in any business, you know, we have more opportunity available to us at this moment now than there ever has been in the history of entrepreneurship and business and photography and, you know, whatever uh, business you're in. And it's there if you reach out for it. So you, sometimes it's just a case of sending that email, making that phone call, making that connection. Now, what I do is I look for people who can help me provide opportunity for other people by or bring opportunity to my business by giving value. So every single week I will approach brands, I'll approach podcasts, I'll approach magazines, I'll approach um, influencers, people who serve my industry and say, I can give great value. I can come on your podcast. I can you know, give some information. And it comes to that visibility is credibility, which leads to authority. So the more podcasts you appear in, the more magazines that you get on, um, the more people start to see you ever, anywhere, the more opportunity. So I get on one podcast and somebody listens to the podcast who runs a podcast and says, Jeff, will you come on mine? So I'll go on their podcast and then somebody says, oh, will you write for my magazine? And then the brand said, oh, would you like to be an ambassador for us? Now, I might have a goal to set, right, next year I want to increase my turnover by 50,000 or 100,000. I never chase the financial goal. I set myself tasks which will automatically create, as a byproduct, will create money. So a task might be to write a new book or to appear on 50 podcasts or to do 10 webinars. Because every time I do a podcast, I know that my social media following will increase. My opportunity levels will massively increase. Um, potentially, I will get another speaking event or another podcast or to write for a magazine. And a proportion of those people will connect with me. And then some of those people will ultimately say, buy my books or say, Jeff, tell me a bit more about your mentoring program. So by doing that one podcast, I've increased my social media following. I've got myself out. I've sold more books and I might have signed up two people to my program. So the, the, if you say, I just want to make 100 grand more next year, how do you make 100 grand? You can't. You can't say, right, I'm going to make money because you, you've got to do a physical action. The, the byproduct of that physical action becomes money. That and is it's so easy. Yeah. And it's so easy to do something like that as opposed to then say, right, because if you write a target, right, this week I'm going to make a 10 grand, you haven't actually told yourself how you're going to do it. Mm, no, I love that. It's, it's, it's all about exposure. Oh, perfect pun for a photographer as well. Sorry <laughs> about that. Sorry about that. Uh, Becky has got a question for you. Yeah. How do you use the search to find new clients? And I take it that Becky is using the basic version, so not Sales Navigator or anything like that. So what would be your top tips there, please, Jeff? Um, well, one of the things I'll do is, is look for a particular industry. Now, so you've, remember, you've got two ways of finding new clients, finding people who already support your clients or work with your clients. So say, for instance, if you're a wedding photographer, um, you can't if you're a wedding photographer, you can't really find people who are getting married on LinkedIn because you don't get that information. But what you can do is start looking at wedding venues, bridal magazines, wedding dress shops, or, you know, high-end wedding shops. 
connecting with those people and trying to build collaborations with those and also looking at the type of people who are they connected with and the type of people who are engaging on their content. Another way to look at is LinkedIn groups. So a lot of LinkedIn groups, there's groups for all different sorts of industries, all different sorts of interests. And those people who hang about there are potentially your ideal clients as well. So it really depends what you what your market is, who you're targeting, because if you're a headshot photographer, so you're doing branding pictures or you know profile pictures for people, and you want to um, you want to connect with people in the banking and financial services industry, well then that's quite easy because what you would do is you would go over to the search bar on LinkedIn, you would type in banking, then search people, and then if you're based in say Manchester, you would narrow that down to Manchester. But then what you would go is right down to the very bottom of the scroll where it's got title. And in that title bit, you would put in uh, marketing or director or CEO because otherwise the results are going to give you every single person who works within the banking industry. So that might be the, the handyman, the cleaner, um, the person on the cash desk. Those aren't the people who... Um, potentially needing headshots so you narrow it down to to the right sort of audience um, and then also when you're approaching these people you don't sell the headshot you, you sell what you do for them so you could say to you know I help um, banking professionals look more honest trustworthy and professional because if you're in banking or financial services you want to look honest trustworthy and professional yeah, I love that that's a great great bit of advice uh, th thanks for the question there Becky um, I had someone send me something um the other day and said have you ever used this and it's it's a bit of software that you can drop your headshot in and it'll tell you how you look um so you can use it if you're want to go on tinder or you can look look use it oh, if you wow. want a, a, a headshot for um linkedin um have you, have you ever seen anything like that and what, yeah, are, your, what yeah. are your thoughts on that i've seen i've seen a, a guy who's got a bit of software that um can what it's called it's the oh, it takes a picture and it changes the person's outlook so so he, he did an example with me so he had my headshot then he made me look chinese he made me with hair he made so what it does is it it if, if you if you've taken a picture at an event and then there's three or four people at this event who haven't filled in a model release form then what you do is it it um Changes the features, so it'll change okay. the eye color, and it'll change the, so it doesn't look like the person, um, and that, that's using the AI technology. That's uh, yeah, quite cool. Uh, the, the the advances in technology are, are just ever changing. So, because of everything that you've done on LinkedIn, you built your brand and stuff like that. Is that how you became the um the the, the what was the what's your title of the BIPC or whatever it was the president yeah, the president president of the British Institute of Professional Photography yeah yeah so how, how don't you so you're, you're like the the main guy so yeah so I'm, I'm the, the president I, I'm sort of like um uh, sort of like a figurehead for their their brand you know and also act as an ambassador for their brand as well um but yes because I think it's because I have that um I put myself out there a lot, you know, I don't try and sell. I, I put myself out there to the industry. And funny enough, um, I do speaking events for the BIPP's competition as well. So I spoke for the Guild of Photographers and the, 
the Society of Photographers. And, you know, so what I want to do is ultimately help the industry, the industry that I'm really passionate about, help photographers understand branding and marketing and ultimately make a lot more money because creatives, as a rule, are, are not very good at selling themselves. We're great at taking pictures, but I, I quite often say to a lot of my clients, you know, what I'm going to do is turn you into a business person who takes really good pictures. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Like you say, they're a creator. They take amazing photos, mm-hmm. but they that's what they want to do. They don't want to run a business. They don't know how to run a business. And that's not taught at school, is it, Jeff? Not at all. Not at all. No, no. Uh, and, and I think, that, that, you know, funny enough, we, the, the reason we I managed to set up such a successful photography business in, in 18 months and then go on to set up another four was when, when I came to leave the military, you get what's called um, resettlement money. So I got £7,500 to be resettled into civilian life. So I thought, well, do I go and do a course on portrait photography or wedding photography with this seven and a half grand that I've got? And I thought, well, no, because the military's already trained me to a certain level. And, you know, I think I'm I'm not an amazing photographer, but I think I'm fairly, fairly decent. What I want to do is spend this money on how to run a business, how to be a businessman, how to brand and market. So I did a course by a guy called Charles Lewis in America, which was $4,000 for this course on how to market a business. Uh, and then I spent a bit more on marketing. And then six months later, my business partner, Kev, who was also working, uh, it was a military photographer working with the intelligence. Uh, he came out. So we had another seven and a half thousand pounds. We used Kev's money to to spend more. So we spent 15 grand in, you know, in a, in a, a very short period of time but none of that on photography training, all about branding and marketing. And, and that ultimately changed the business completely. You know, and, and I've said this before in um, in podcasts and interviews, you know, I felt a bit of a fraud really because we were going to like wedding fairs or we were out there in the, in the Northeast of England and we were probably the least experienced civilian photographers, yet we were taking in quite a bit of the money and quite a bit of the, the income, but it was because People were buying into the brand. They weren't buying into the photographs. You know, technically, a lot of our competitors were much, much better than us, but they just didn't have that brand and that brand message and that business sort of that business understanding. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And and, and it's there's loads of things out there that we can go and learn and 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 buy and stuff like that. But it's getting the right thing, and and that that was that was pure genius. Now you've written. You said you've written some books. Let's let's have a quick look at your books. So I've got. Um, which which was first? Do it do in chronological so, order. So that one's the photographer's missing link. Oh, love that's it. A, that's the that's the third edition. So that one's about LinkedIn. Then second was the ambitious photographer's journal, which is the only sort of goal setting time management book for photographers. And then the final one was about websites and branding. So help my photography website needs more customers. Uh, and this Brilliant. is all about creating what I call a scroll to a sale website. So get rid of your, your portfolio website and creating a website that actually generates leads. And I'm, I'm currently working on a new book and a couple of, um, I also want to create a couple of um, travel book guide books as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. As a, as a passive income, because I love to travel. It's one of my passions. I love to travel and take pictures when I, I travel in OM system, Olympus cameras, who have, I'm an ambassador for they're very focused towards the travel adventure and outdoor um um photographers and i thought well as i'm traveling you know i tend to do about 
um, 10, well, this year, I think I've done 10 countries this year so far. Uh, and I go for like unusual destinations. I like to stay in some unusual places. I've recently, I did, I've done North Korea, I've done Chernobyl, I've done a lot of Eastern Europe. Um, when I take a lot of pictures, I thought, wouldn't it be great if I just create a guide for each one of these places and, and then publish it on, on Amazon, so yeah. Oh, fantastic. So a um, little bit of information about the place, but some stunning photos. Yeah, and just tips of where to go as a photographer. And, you know, and so it's not like a Lonely Planet guy, which has loads and lists of restaurants. It's more like my own personal story for being there and, and what I ate and where I went and what I saw. And, you know, because I always like to travel like a local and get get off the beaten track and, and go where the locals go. Yeah, no, it sounds absolutely fantastic. Um, so you are an ambassador for OM Systems, so Olympus. What, yeah. does, what, what does that mean? What does one get as an ambassador? What do you have to do? Um, so it's all about really um, not just promote, not really just promoting the brands, but making people aware of what you know what um, Olympus Systems OM System can offer to to photographers. So it's really been a, a promoter of their their products, their their cameras and their lenses, um, and making people aware. So it's an ambassador isn't like a salesman; it's just making people aware. And a lot of brands going in this direction i know that from interacting with you know hundreds of photography brands whether it's lenses cameras softwares and um, a lot of brands are really into what they call uh, micro and mini influences so people who are very active on social media who have a bit of a following um and quite a lot of these brands are into investing money in these ambassadors or affiliates to tell stories and explain real life stories of using their products um, because it's more relatable than if Kylie Minogue or Michael Jordan was saying, oh yeah, I use this particular camera or this particular software because they'll be like, yeah, they've been paid millions to say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, a lot of brands now are focusing, coming away from spending lots of money on trade shows and magazine advertising to spending money on ambassadors and affiliates. Uh, love it. Love it. Um, we're running we're running out of time it's been absolutely fascinating lovely lovely having a chat with you um what question haven't i asked you today jeff oh <laughs> i don't know i don't know i mean if there's anything else you need to you want to ask about linkedin feel free to ask um so so um you you work with people so how how am i going to get to work with you what's the best route how do you help me you know i've been been listening to this podcast i've been watching it on youtube um and and it's sort of like yeah my, my photography business could be better what do i need to do now jeff um well one of the best things to do is head over to my my linkedin profile and uh click on my linkedin profile and you can book yourself a free um free advice call and I'll, I'll have a look at your website, I'll look at your, your LinkedIn, your social media, and for half an hour, I'll give you some solid advice on how you can improve your brand, improve your photography brand, and, and get more business. I'll also send you a brochure telling you a little bit more about my program, and then if you're interested in joining my program, then that's entirely up to you. I don't, it's not a sales call. You can also head over to my website, thephotographersmentor.com, or head over to Amazon and have a look for, for my books. Fantastic. Jeff, you've been absolutely superb today. Uh, thank you for your questions, uh, Becky. And uh, we look forward to doing more of these and seeing you again, Jeff. So thanks ever so much indeed. Cheerio. Fantastic. Thanks again, guys. Here we go. Another podcast in the bag. 
I've been Ashley Leeds. You've been wonderful. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more, then please subscribe and I will see you again another day. You can find me on LinkedIn if you want to catch up. If you fancy being a guest on one of my shows, I do live shows on LinkedIn twice a week, but I also plan to do some real podcasts uh, where we just do audio and probably record it to go on the YouTube channel. And we can talk about absolutely anything in those. So whatever you want to do, get in touch. And thank you for listening. You get out what you put in. Never gonna lose, never gonna win. Long as you're happy, you're always gonna grin. You get out what you put in.